Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. Oh, we got our mixer back. Oh my God, it's so good. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with Bark to my left is Arms. Good morning. And to my right is Nit. Hey, what's going on? Not a lot. It's Thursday morning. We've got football tonight. Game one. It's exciting. I wish my team was the one playing, though. I, you know what? All from my team. I got fantasy players playing in this game. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to watch. I'm ready to see what happens. That almost sounded like some hot fire rap you just lay down. Ready to go. I'm ready to, blah, 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 blah. Ready to go. Ready to watch. Ready. Hey, I, I'm excited, man. I'm. Je- we've been... St- Putting out projections and top tens, it's just time to go and watch some football, see what my players do. Thank God. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie, college football opening weekend was a little disappointing without, you know, a little fantasy love in there. I, I, I miss it. I miss uh, tracking stats, more or less. I, I tracked some stats this weekend. Tracked old Joey Burrow stats. Oh yeah, yeah he did. You know nothing special, but they they won. Everyone a win is a stat. Now keep in mind we're from Southeastern Ohio, everyone. So a lot of Ohio State fans around here, and everyone is like, "Oh Joey, it was a mistake to let him go. It was this, it was that." And then they they saw Dwayne Haskins play, and they're like, "Oh he's going to win the Heisman." I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's calm, calm down. down. He played a one and eleven team from last year. That's okay, cool. calm down. Reel it back in. All right. Th- then they were like, "Oh yeah, no, we we weren't seeing the practices. Urban had to have saw something." Okay, okay, yeah, he looked like a good quarterback, but against poor competition. But it is what it is. And then LSU Miami came, and here comes Joey Burrow, and he Joey th- B. at halftime he thrown for one hundred yards, no touchdowns, I believe, no interceptions. I got a text message from. My most delusional Ohio State friend, and I'm an Ohio State fan myself, but the most delusional one that I know said, "Dude, he's gonna he's gonna win them an SEC championship." To which yeah. I immediately responded, "He's thrown for a hundred yards and no touchdowns. <laughs> Let's not dub him the King Saban Slayer yet." Them some uh, T.J. Yates like numbers he threw for mm-hmm. there at, at LSU, but we digress. The college sufficient. football show with arms and knit is coming. Uh, not today, though. Not, not not today, fellas. I had to get a little off my... I, I didn't even get to say anything. I just let arms go, but... He took all of it. He, he spent all 74 seconds of college football talk, <laughs> gave none to you, so I will give you 30 seconds of no opinion Colin Kaepernick Nike talk. No, I, no opinion, I, but... I, I love that I, I, I present the idea to talk about the Colin Kaepernick ad and you immediately think I'm going to run it into the ground and be super uh, opini- opinionated. Conservative opinionated. or liberal. We don't, we don't want to do either. We don't want to alienate anyone. Here, here's what I'll say. The commercial was awesome. It got me pumped up, ready to go, and ready to go, like, uh, you know, make a some sort of decision to better myself and, like it was and, a great ad now and this, not burn your nikes right right i i'm a night hey i'm a nike truther i i all i wear is nike i i committed years ago i i like nike now so you signed your contract with nike is what you're telling me right yeah. so you are under you're a nike brand employee i'm a puma guy and he hate me as our team spokesman <laughs> so he hate me and puma that's all they could afford but that's Puma's my brain. You still got uh, Usain Bolt. 
He retired. I, I just I, he quit hitting the table. <laughs> you offended me though by thinking that I was just going to somehow run it into the ground. Like I, I don't agree with the fact that they drew that one line he set out and put it on a, a, you know, I assume a billboard somewhere in Manhattan or something. But the ad was awesome. Like it was a genuinely inspiring ad. You just alienated half our people that hate him. No, no, no. I, again, I didn't. I, there's the good and the bad. I, I love the ad. I, I didn't like. I didn't like the one line they drew out. is a little too broad for my for my liking in in advertising. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. When you use some, what is it? Someone or somebody and some, anybody. Some forty ones. The band you're thinking of. When you use those words in an ad, it cannot be. Yeah, it it can't be. I'm just not a fan of extreme broad advertising. Little Let's, little known fact. Why don't we jump into fantasy football? We shall, but I, I have to say the Jay Cutler Nike meme is the best. The, be- the Mike Tyson one is good. The the Jay Cutler one is great. He's like, just do it or don't. I don't care. <laughs> like it's it's so good. Jay just Cutler's so smoking Jay with the cigarette. Like uh, uh, don't care. Uh, just don't care. Just just do it or don't. I don't care. Just friggin' do whatever you want to do. Classic Jay. I love it. Are you going to miss him? Arms, are you going to miss Smoking Jay in the NFL? This is the first time in a while we haven't had the Smoking Jay. Not as a dolphin, I'm not going to miss him. As a, as a person, I'm going to miss him because I can't bring myself to watch the Cavallari thing. Like I, I watch the highlights of him being him, but I don't want to watch the whole show. I it's like watching the the Kardashians because you're a Caitlyn Jenner fan. I just you, no. Yeah, I I'm gonna miss like the what what shall I call them the anti highlights of smoke like him splitting out at wide receiver in a Wildcats formation and the ball hike and he nothing. just walks to the sideline to get the next play call. Like I'm gonna miss that. Like I feel like he just missed like a direct snap. His his, his ultimate highlight needs a direct snap to the halfback where he kind of. Fakes a throw out to the left, walks to the sideline. Like, I, I don't know. I, I miss smoking Jay already. I do too. But let's talk the first game of the week. Thursday night football, Falcons-Eagles. Pretty good matchup. We got the former Super Bowl champions taking on the former, former Super Bowl losers. So we've got a, a tale of two stories, a tale of two cities. As I think that's a book. But yeah, so Falcons, Eagles... I, I my take on it is a lot of fantasy production. I think we're going to see a lot of fantasy production in this game. I'll tell you what we're going to find out. Arms, you can jump in anytime. Sorry, bro. What I was <laughs> going to say, we're not going to see any out of Alshon. No, Alshon's out. Uh, let's let's discuss that real quick. Who's uh, if you are, let's say playing DFS, who who are you taking? To I know Hux is going to be Brian Hux is our DFS analyst. He'll be giving his takes before all the games. But who's your guy on the Eagles side? Who's who's the pass catcher that's going to score the most? Not named Zach Ertz. Absolutely, positively, has to be Nelson Aguilar. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. Do it, Dallas Goddard. <sighs> Guys, now's an opportunity for him to have some targets. Such conviction in his voice. Listen, over a in, rookie. In a hold on, in a DFS, he should be next to nothing. Okay, so I'll if, give if you you're that. stacking up everywhere else, you have a chance to win with a Dallas Goddard paying nearly nothing for him. You know, overspend on your running back, overspend on your other receivers or on your receivers, and then go cheap with Dallas Goddard for an opportunity for him to get six, seven targets. Still, page out of Nitz book. What's his snap count going to be? 
I, I, I don't want to buy that snap count. Like I, I again, you're it's it's Alshon that's out. It's it's not Zach Ertz. So I don't see Dallas Goddard's snap count going any higher than it would be with or without Alshon in there. It's the same behind. It's are they going to go with two tight end sets? And I think they would play that two tight end set the same amount yeah. as with or without Alshon. I'm feeling feisty. Let's just say it. Arms, you suck. Okay. <laughs> However, I quit I'll, texting. I will give you hitting the table. I'll give you maybe they go an extra an extra two tight end set in the red zone where you know you're targeting an Alshon in the red zone and instead they go two tight ends and you get a Dallas Goddard red zone. They also don't have Mac Hollins. No, he's out. So Shelton Gibson was a guy that looked decent. So we're we're looking at Nelson Aguilar, Mike Wallace, Ertz, and Goddard. Wallace could be good for a seventy yard touchdown Uh, at any point in any game. And another place you can load up, load up most your receiving talent, Corey Clement. I do like Clement. Clement is going. Clement and Goddard are going to be sneaky good plays this week. Sneaky good. Hey, Jay Ajayi is not going to be a bad play. I I assume his production is going to be up with. With them playing uh, Nick Foles at quarterback, I mean, I, we know what he did in the Super Bowl down the playoff, the playoff run, and all that good stuff. But I, I expect him to play a little Jay Ajayi. I don't think anyone's really a Jay Ajayi fan, but I could, I could see them getting him a little more involved than they do with Wentz and Alshon healthy. Maybe throw him, you know, give him a few more carries, get him involved I, in the swing and screen game. I actually think Atlanta's going to jump out to a bit of an early lead and kind of. Uh, Diffuse Philadelphia's running game a little bit. See, I, I think it's going to be one of those like hangover games from the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to come out and like, yep, the Eagles are still the best team in the league. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. See, I think Jay is still a crap sandwich and he's not going to do anything. I kind of agree. Like, I, I have no faith in Jay Ajayi. Honestly, at any point in this season, I have no faith in Jay Ajayi. Like he hasn't even done anything yet. Not the first can- or first snap of the uh, official football season. I don't want him. Arms rules. Are you that easy to flip you? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like uh, but, 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 just a quarter. I don't know. You're a quarter. I can to toss flip. in the air. Yep. I would. I would. And rather, there's a fifty-fifty chance you're going to land on my side. I would rather have like a Ronald Jones who got what twenty-three yards and twenty-two carries Ouch. than Jay Ajayi. Ouch. I don't know how that that's justified, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> it. I do like Aguilar, though. I think Aguilar's got a great chance to, to be the PPR guy in this game. I think Wallace has a chance to catch one deep ball. And I think Zach Ertz is going to be Zach Ertz. Those three are going to be the offensive production for the Eagles. And I really like Julio, and I really like Devontae Freeman. I like Matt Ryan. I think Calvin Ridley's going to look better than he did in any preseason game tomorrow – or not tomorrow night, tonight. It, I like it. I like Aguilar. They're, I think the Eagles are going to have to throw. My concern with Aguilar is he's going to be drawing the number one cornerback. He's That's going to be the focal point of the coverage. Who is that on the – the Falcons. Shoot. I, I wasn't even going to say draw. The way he plays, the way they play him, the way they scheme Nelson Aguilar is not necessarily wide out. He's not going to replace. Uh, okay. So they still have the, one of the best safeties in the league. If you're going to shadow, who are you going to shadow towards? Well, you can. I mean, you're only looking at Desmond Trafant or Ricardo Allen over the top. I mean, we all know Keanu Neal's an IDP monster, but he's more of a you know an outside linebacker coming into the box. But to me, Nelson Aguilar is going to have the same matchups. The Eagles are going to find the same matchups for Nelson Aguilar in this game with or without Alshon. What it comes down to is 
Mike Wallace is going to have the harder matchups on the outside against the true corner, whether whether it's Robert Alford or Desmond Trufant lining up across him. I'm not worried about Nelson Aguilar whatsoever in this game. I think he's going to be the beneficiary of the no Alshon Eagles. I mean, he's going to. They they kind of have to force feed him if they want to get get their pass game going. It's you know it's got to be Nelson Aguilar or anything downfield and him Mertz and Goddard's what what I see having any production downfield. What about on the Eagles side? Do you like guys like anybody on the Eagles side in particular? I mean, I've kind of named. I think Devontae Freeman is going to have another up year. I don't think he's going to repeat last season's down season. He was well, a little nicked up last year. He too. was. Yeah, I the mean, concussion issues, and you know, if I just Devonte Freeman's a guy that I think is undervalued right now. I think he could have a good game. I think Calvin Ridley could have a good game just because no one's expecting it, and coverage is obviously going to go over to Julio. But we're going to get to see Calvin Ridley actually play hard for the first time in the NFL and try to earn his snap count over Muhammad Sanu who is by the way listed as a starter over right. in over Calvin Ridley yes. in the two wide receiver sets yep. so I think now's your opportunity to get to Calvin Ridley the cheapest you're going to get him all season yeah it, it is and I, I think after tonight you're not going to get him that cheap because he's going to do enough to get his value bumped up a little bit you got to predict his stat line uh, for Calvin Ridley, I'm going to say five receptions for 67 yards. No touchdowns, but that's 11 and a half fantasy points in PPR. I, I, I was going to get six uh, receptions for 67 yards, I swear oh, to God. I could agree with that. I, I think it's it's somewhere around 75 yards. I think he might get it done on a few receptions. I think Muhammad Sanu is going to eat up some targets, and Hula Jones is a, a target monster. I think Calvin's going to see his opportunities, and he's going to seize those opportunities maybe four receptions for 75 yards some big plays out of the new weapon they have there in atlanta i can't help but think that sanu has been like the default de facto second option on that team because the it, the tj hushman's auto type player he, well i mean hushman's auto was probably better than sanu but, to me they're the same player uh, no, i think the, i think hushman's auto had talent hushman's auto played a lot of slot he got open he was he was one of those guys that ran good routes Sanu is an okay player, but I, there's been no one opposite Julio. If you don't throw it to Julio, who have you been throwing it to in Atlanta for the past handful of seasons? Well, my, my Taylor thing was, Gabriel. Yeah, my my thing with Muhammad Sanu is he he's a way like I don't know I can't I can't put him in the de facto number two category like a Ryan Grant. You know I I think Muhammad Sanu's earned his snaps. Uh, on the NFL level, whether it's with Cincy or down in Atlanta, I mean, he's done nothing but be productive while he's on the field. He's not—he's never going to give you elite numbers. Great bye week guy, but I don't think he's de facto. I think he's earned the right to be a wide receiver too on a decent offense. The guy—the guy just catches first downs. It seems like more more tight end than than wide receiver. He's—he's he's just solid. I always like Muhammad Sanu, the player, more than the fantasy value. Oh, he, I mean, he's a fun NFL player. Just as you said, I eh, fantasy wise, I just I tend to steer away from him, and I'm I'm going to continue to do so even this week. Yeah. What about Austin Hooper? Not I to, can't. Not to I run, hate Austin Hooper as a tight end. Run through this. I I, I got to give some love to Austin Hooper. He's my guy. He's he's my breakout candidate. A year three guy in 2018. I think they figured some things out down the stretch. Austin Hooper played pretty good down the stretch once they started to get the offense rolling. A lot of that came into play with getting the the running game back going. Matt Ryan and 
Matt Ryan finding a rhythm under a new OC. But Austin Hooper's a candidate where you could buy extremely. Like you said, you, you don't like him. Hey, DFS don't like him. You can get him cheap in Dynasty Leagues. He, he's cheap all around, whether it's a Dynasty League or DFS. Austin Hooper might be your uh, another play. I, he, I'll say he's going to outscore Dallas Goddard. I will take that bet. <laughs> Let's put it on the line. I'll go five bucks right now. Uh, I mean, mm, uh, that's a tough one for me. <laughs> More fantasy points, Austin Hooper or Dallas Goddard, the number two. That's. Uh, I'll take Dallas Goddard, man. I might be with arms on this. Like one. I, I just think Austin Hooper. I was is, just talking about snap count. His high end is an okay tight end, and his low end is terrible. I'm gonna take Hooper. He, he just, there's uh, possibility for a breakout. He's the slight. He's what the fifty receptions last year. Yeah, he's like for the, what twelve yards, fifth, tight end numbers. He's the fifth or sixth best pass catcher on that team. Like he's just not good. I don't want him. I don't want him on my team. All right. All right. Well, we've got and, a and, you lot know, of... I'm going to say it. Sit Hooper in DFS. Just avoid him. I don't care if he's free. Just don't put him on your team. No, I wouldn't play him in DFS either. I don't care if he costs 900 bucks in DFS. I'm not taking, <laughs> I'm not taking Austin Hooper. Like, hey, I, we, I don't want two receptions for 24 yards. I just don't. Talked about the whole offense outside of a Tevin Coleman, but so I had to bring up an Austin Hooper in there. Just see what see what you got. Obviously, you don't like him. Not a big deal. You're not offending me. I just he actually was a pretty decent prospect coming out of college. I just he has shown literally next to nothing so far, besides being the de facto number one tight end, which you know in Atlanta on a decent offense gets you 50 receptions for what I'm guessing five. 560 yards and two touchdowns? Shoot, de facto number one Tony Gonzalez tore it up in Atlanta for years. He wasn't a de facto. <laughs> he was super talented for some reason. Yeah, Austin Hooper's not apparently not super talented. He is a super hooper, which is just average. He was, he was the 17th best tight end last year. 17th best. And how many yards did you say? Five, 490 or something 560? Like 49 for 526 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, and I said two touchdowns. Dude, those are Austin Safarian Jenkins numbers. No, they're not. He's at a career high of 300 yards or something like that. No, that's what he did last season. I think his career high is at least 330. All right, okay. I mean, mean, I'm just saying, to me, that's just not not someone I want to play. I can't trust him. I just can't trust him, and especially considering all the other talent on that team as far as receiving threats. All right, five hundred over five hundred yards. All right, I, I I was just throwing him out there. You're trying to kill me on this. Also, Ferry Jenkins career high three fifty seven last year. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we've got the mixer back, right? We do. We I'm do. excited about it. So we haven't done this in a long time, but we have the mixer. Technically, we can do things that we weren't able to do before, but well, like, we could do them before, but not recently. Like we could play sexy music and talk about Austin Hooper. <laughs> Tight end for Atlanta. Only 50 catches. 500. How many yards, Arms? 29. 529. Three touchdowns. Point down them stats and showing everything he's got. Number 15 tight end last year in most fantasy formats. I would like to sanu on some of that. Maybe Ridley me this and <laughs> Julio tell me that. if Matty Ice can keep it cool when it's so hot. 
Alright, that's, that's... Please stop <laughs> this. That was getting a little creepy when we you looked at do, me. We couldn't do that with the audio interface. We couldn't... Yeah, li- listen, podcasters out there, if you use an audio interface, I'm sorry, the mixer is just better. I've had these debates on Facebook and podcasting groups, and people always say, oh, audio interface, you can do this. Well, you know what? I can't even play my sexy Austin Hooper music. I, I enjoyed, like, 93% of that. Yeah. The last 7% was got just little, creepy, man. a little rough, but that, I was kind of, <laughs> I'm going to have to check out that song. I don't know what it was, but... It's called the Bedroom Mix 2017 on YouTube. Bang, banging! This is a banging track on Look at YouTube arms, right there. Arms' hatefulness is back. He just looks so disgusted that we're able to act with all this tomfoolery. A tomfoolery. I know what he's all thinking. All this malarkey over there. going on in can, here. Can I please get to the Falcons' defense, please? Can Go I ahead. talk some IDP Falcons' defense? Go Take ahead. it away. Go arms. ahead, Arms. I mean, Falcons' defense. Play them all. Friggin' play them all. You've got Nick Foles playing quarterback. You have no Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, who's not going to succeed? I, I honestly like both the defensive ends at this point. <laughs> Tack McKinley? Oh, yeah. Vic Beasley? I'm, I'm starting him in a league because I have to, and I'm not that upset about it. I actually like the talent. I, I've always liked the talent attack. I mean, we dude brought a picture of his grandma out. I know we've talked about it multiple times, but I love him. Love to bring that up, don't you? He's just, <laughs> but he he's he he is excited now. Not to flip it to the other side, but I legitimately am excited about the defensive ends in in Philly. I mean, Derek Barnett. Isn't there a guy getting, from Tennessee over there. Lock Derek Barnett, my UT vault, locking it down. Arms has been on his bandwagon ever since he got the, uh, Arms, the nod. Arms at, is high on Michigan product. Brandon Graham as well because he's a Michigan product. I think. No. But those two defensive ends, hey, Brandon Graham, good year last year, going to be better this year. Derek Barnett showed all the flashes of a first-round talent, gets to prove it in year two. If you're an IDP guy, it, well, if you're looking for defensive ends at this point of the season, you you got an unsettled team. But, hey, Derek Barnett, if you got him on your team, I think he's going to break out again with arms. I love the dude. Any new faces at linebacker arms that you like in the game that's going on tonight? I mean, there's not new, any new, new faces. New, not, new, say, new, I, not new new faces, but maybe is there a breakout? Is there a guy that's going to take the next step? Philadelphia really doesn't have – I mean, no, Jordan, not really. Jordan Hicks, if healthy. Let me give you the the fact, yeah, Jordan Hicks, when healthy, is a top 10 IDP linebacker. I love the guy coming out. His rookie year, I, I drafted him. I played him. He was dominant. The guy hurt, kind of been nicked up year over year. But I think this year, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a top 15 candidate, maybe banging on the top 10 looking in. And it's also one of those guys, as of right now, you can probably still get him for next to nothing to fill out your linebacking core. If you've got someone unsettled, someone who's you know, may, may be injured, uh, might be out or questionable coming in, go ahead and play Jordan Hicks on Thursday. Do you guys want to talk a few more games since there's so many we've got to get to before Sunday? Because if so... I've got the perfect one on slate. All right, let's talk about the next game on the slate, Bengals and Colts. A barn burner, if you will. Or do the Bengals improve and take it to another level? I'm, I'm going to go with both teams are a little bit approved from last year. I like the Bengals uh, getting another year with Joe Mixon, tr- working him into the offense. Arms, I know you're a big Joe Mixon fan candidate. Oh, getting ready to go there. Go ahead, get there atrocious Colts defense mm-hmm. atrocious agreed trying to figure things out on multiple yes. levels of that defense trying to figure things out yes 
Colts have two defensive plays that are worth playing this week. Darius Leonard. All right. And Malik Hooker. You say Malik Hooker. I say I say Malik Hooker. I say Clayton Gathers. More, more, so, more so with Malik Hooker because Andy Dalton is not the greatest decision maker. All right. All right. He has a tendency to try to force it a little bit. When he's under pressure, can the Colts deep create pressure? I don't know. Well, here's here's my thing. I think that Mixon's going to have a game. My prediction for Mixon this week, about 105 yards and a touchdown. Kick in two or three receptions, another 20 or 30 yards, no touchdowns in the air. But Mixon's going to have an okay week. I'm going to give you more than that. I, I like your projections on the rushing stats. I'm going to give you two extra receptions up to four for about 55 yards. Okay. So 160 total. I mean, I'll buy that. But that puts him in running back one territory. Oh, yeah. So you've got Mixon. That's the Colts, baby. Mixon, Mixon has a great play. And if you're not a Mixon believer and you got him on your team, heck, this after this week is going to be the time to sell him if you don't like him. But I have a feeling you're going to like what you see out of Joe Mixon this week. The only players on, on uh, Indy defensively that you're going to like, as I said, Hooker and Leonard. Um, as far as the Bengals – Offensively, I think AJ Green's going to do what AJ Green does and do AJ Green things. He's um, going to get his, is what you're saying? Doesn't he always? Any ch- speaking of hookers, any chance Mia Khalifa or Mia Karamia jumps into this? Just kidding. I heard, heard they're the not going to be. Heard they're not going to be at this one. Me too. Let's give a stat projection on a lesser known John Ross. Does John Ross do anything in this game against the Colts defense that's probably going to be in the bottom third of the league? Man, this is inter- <laughs> interesting. Interesting with Don't John Ross. Don't feel good to talk two. about what they're going to do at, like tomorrow and the next day as opposed to three months from now. Yeah. You will all love Brandon LaFell. I lo- yeah, I love bringing up that John Ross finished with negative fantasy p- points last year. But I think this is a year where he can take it to uh, – not breakout level, but I think he can be a contributor on that offense. I think they're expecting it out of him. They they know they have a weapon from a speed perspective. Now it's finding a way to get him the ball. I, I think he's more of a deep threat who can leave AJ actually more open underneath. I know a lot of people are projecting on on you know some bubble screens, etc. You know within three to five yards of the line of scrimmage. I think John Ross brings an element of stretching the defense. And this is a defense that, well, you can get a, you can get a over top of, and and I think John Ross can have a big catch in this game, especially with your boy Malik Hooker shading towards AJ Green's side. So I expect John Ross to have a couple catches, maybe three, which was a, a heck of a lot more than he had in his rookie year. Overall in the season, not expecting a ton out of him, but just like we said with Joe Mixon. If he don't do anything against the Indianapolis Colts defense in Week One, it, it's time to sell. If you haven't sold on a Joe, uh, on a uh, on on Mixon already or on John Ross already, like they have to do something. They have to have a fantasy impact this week. I don't like selling on Mixon already. I, I just no, I, I don't, don't like I, it. I, I didn't like that. It, I said it, but I mean this is going to be the one of the worst defenses they play all year. I mean this is unsettled on three levels. They don't know what the defensive line is. They're playing a rookie in in at in, in the linebacking core. They're playing second year players and Clayton Gathers, who's off of a two year injury more or less, in the secondary. They have to do something. And yet he takes Clayton Gathers over Malik Hooker. All right. 
because I like strong safeties. Malik Malik Hooker just isn't going to get. I'll argue that to the death. What I will say, uh, I, I I don't like banking on somebody to catch one ball for sixty five yards and touchdown. No, and I feel like that's what you that's what you have to get for John Ross to be successful. We we've seen this before. I'm going way back. His name is Dante Stallworth. Hmm. Nice, a thousand eleven hundred yard guy. One, Rewind in once time. or twice. But John Ross is just the new Dante Stallworth to me. He's going to get you zero or eight. Tennessee Vault. Maybe 14, but it's not going to be, to me, it's not going to be a great production line ever from John Ross. He, yeah. he, he might pop, you know, two 70-yard receptions in a game, but how many games are you going to be waiting on it? Right. How it's many, Taylor how, Gabriel-ish. It's, it's yeah. Stallworth. Stallworth had a couple really good seasons, but but it, it is. It does remind you of that. Like, if John Ross has that big year, it's a Dante Stallworth year. Yeah. John Ross is the easy guy to talk about because he's the guy we, everyone is expecting something out of. Again, I'm not expecting a breakout. I'm expecting, like, two to three receptions a game, one big play every other game, something like that. Tyler Boyd's a, a valid number I was two. getting ready to say his name. Go ahead. Tyler Boyd's a valid number two. Anytime you have a dominant A.J. Green. We just talked about Julio Jones and then the Muhammad Sanu or Calvin Ridley. How about Tyler Boyd opposite of A.J. Green? Again, he's going to get his targets in this game and, and throughout the 2018 season. Tyler Boyd, I expect to be the guy who gets four or five receptions and can get to double-digit fantasy points based off of just a handful of of receptions, not a ton of targets, just a handful of receptions. Someone has to catch the ball other than AJ Green. I expect Absolutely. Tyler Boyd. Let me add it to that. Tyler Boyd is a low key breakout candidate. Low key breakout candidate. This guy was a PPR machine at Pittsburgh. He was a stud. He was a stud. And listen, last season as a rookie, just like John Ross, afterthought, complete afterthought in the offense. Year two, John Ross and Tyler Boyd both expected to play prominent roles in the offense with an aging A.J. Green. I'm not saying A.J. Green's going to fall off the cliff. It's not going to happen. I think A.J. Green's still good. We all had him top ten looking in at least. Exactly. Right around the tenth best wide receiver in the league. Exactly. But the wide receiver, too, in Cincinnati has came into fantasy relevance. Brandon LaFell has put up decent games. Hushmanzato and Chad Johnson was there. I know it's a completely different offense when they were play, playing. Excuse me, but the number two in Cincinnati. But it's is the same not, system. It is, and it's yeah, because Marvin Lewis has been there for seventy-four years. So the number two has fantasy relevance as long as they have talent. Uh, Tyler Boyd, honestly, he has talent. What we do in fantasy now is if you don't produce in year one, you're an afterthought. Yes, and it, it happens far too often and far too many times. Chad Williams. I talked about on the little daily fantasy row this morning. He's the number two in Arizona. He could Again, have fantasy relevance, but he's forgotten about because he did nothing last year, just like Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And switching over, they, the thing about the Bengals, they have two other guys we haven't mentioned that could have huge fantasy impacts. Let's talk about Tyler Eifert coming back, winning that, that tight end job again. Again, this guy led the NFL in touchdown receptions just a few years removed from that. If he's healthy, he's a dominant threat. I mean, we might be talking about him as a top 10 tight end in 2018. With top five potential. With top five potential. The guy's ceiling is much higher than than some of the others in this league. And, uh, well, in Austin Hooper. Or, (laughs) 
you know, some of these guys, a Jack he's, Doyle. He's at least done it before. You know? Well, a Jack Doyle is more of just a, a reception go down guy. Tyler Eifert is a threat to get touchdowns week in, week out. I mean, the guy averaged a touchdown per week in his big season. The other guy is going to mention Giovanni Bernard. Is he going to leech some receptions away from Joe Mixon? When you guys were talking about the receptions, I kind of side with arms on this. I think Joe Mixon's more of a two or three reception candidate just because Giovanni Bernard is still relevant. He is still relevant in Cincinnati to catch five or six balls a game. I mean, he is a PPR monster when he's on the field. It's a, again, year in, year out, we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Good offense. I mean, you got your playmaker. You got your upper hunting running back. You have a quarterback who's not afraid to throw it but isn't the greatest in the league. They could put, and now they have the tight end and Eifert back. This is an offense who could be a top half, if not top third offense in in the NFL and, and could have some dominant performances from multiple positions in 2018. I'll give you my input on Eifert. I'll pass. I don't want Tyler Eifert until I see him play healthy. We don't know what he is anymore. We know what he was at one point, but even after he came back after a few injuries, he was never really what that 1,300-yard mini Gronk type guy. He's never been close to that since then. I don't want Tyler Eifert. I'll tell you who I do want, and this goes back to the daily thing. Andy Dalton this week against an overall bad Colts defense, but a Colts offense is probably going to be improved from last year now that they've got uh, Andrew Luck back. I could see the Bengals possibly being in a, I don't want to call it a shootout, but a game that's going to require some passing, especially towards the end. A 35-28 game where they end yeah. up, both both teams put up, put up a handful of touchdowns. Well, Andrew Luck's going to have to be back in form for that to happen. I've got to say, like the Bengals are one of those teams that you don't know what you're getting going into the season. Like, yes, last year they were not that good, but the Bengals are one of those teams that one or two key players – on one line or the other, offensive or defensive line, and it changes their team dramatically. They've always had talent at skill positions, but it's the the trenches. It all depends on the trenches for Cincinnati. If they have fixed their offensive line, this could be a playoff team. I don't care what they did last season. They're one of those teams that can go either way. And Tyler Eifert, to me, I had this conversation with a user on Twitter, and thanks for sending us questions and like wanting advice because we love giving it out. But I was talking to a user on Twitter. He was asking about tight ends. He had Jack Doyle as a starting tight end. I said, who's on your waiver? Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert, Whoa. both on the waiver. Didn't get drafted. Those are two guys that have injury history. But my God, those are two guys that have top five potential, if healthy and on the field. How could you let him sit on the waiver I was wire? Say, pick up both of them. Dro- drop Jack Doyle. No. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I don't like Doyle. I think Ebron's going to be the better tight end. I'm in, just in, saying, Indianapolis. Thank God it, we're talking about this game. If it's my decision, I'd rather have both of them and just try to stream Absolutely. whoever's healthy. Yeah, you could you could bounce back and forth one game to the other, but I'm buying Eifert and I'm buying Reed because the cost is next to nothing and the upside is huge. Bingo! If you're going to wait, like Arm said, on a Tyler Eifert, you're going to pay too much. So go ahead and roll the dice on Tyler Eifert and have a a, a, a consistent guy in there like a Jack Doyle, who's a top ten guy. I can't believe y'all would drop a job Jack Doyle over those two. Yeah. But give me Jack Doyle and a Tyler Eifert or Jack Doyle and a and a Jordan Reed. I'd rather have that combination than the two just because you know what you're getting. Because you could end up with two injuries exactly. and no tight end. Exactly. I, I'll buy that. But, yeah. but the waiver wire is going to be full. Antonio Gates is a waiver wire option. 
Doyle, if he's on the waiver waiver wire option, Ebron. But I gotta say, Indianapolis has been tight end dependent for a long time, and Andrew Luck's back. Andrew Luck loves throwing the tight ends in the end zone, but there's a change. It's not just Jack Doyle anymore. It's a guy with way more talent named Eric Ebron, who's never done anything with Detroit. But due who to has? Sy- due to system, the yeah, system. Who, yeah. who has? I was going to say, Detroit's always putting literally two relevant fantasy receivers up, even if the second one's a nobody. They're yeah. putting somebody up who's getting you know 750 to 1,000 yards. It yeah. doesn't matter what their talent level no. is. They're, it, they're there. Cleveland's been quarterback purgatory for years. Detroit's tight end purgatory. Yeah. Dragging it back to Cincinnati versus Indianapolis. I mean, Giovanni Bernardo uh, tried to go there again. Is he a top 25 PPR guy? Is he playable in deeper leagues as a starter? I find it hard to believe with Joe Mixon becoming the bell cow and the receiving abilities that he has, but uh, so Gio talk, has talent. So t- yeah. It's a tough one. You can't just pass. Like, I don't think the the Bengals just pass on, on Giovanni Bernard. I think they're still a part, an integral part of their offense. And Mixon can't play every snap. Joe Mixon, bell cow. I don't know if I'd label him bell cow. Bell cow. Approaching it, approaching it. Like I think his volume is going to be in top half of the in the league. It, it's not a running back by committee by any means. I think they give Joe Mixon every opportunity to be a three down back, but they cannot forget about Giovanni Bernard. He's just too, like you said, he's just too talented. He's too talented as a pass catcher. Here's what I say: Joe Mixon's their four minute offense guy. But Gio Bernard is their two-minute offense guy. It's not necessarily a downs within a drive. It's yeah. strictly timing in the game. I can, mm-hmm. Hey, I can buy that also. Now, I'm going to give you a defensive play for the Bengals. My boy, Preston Brown. Vontaze Burfecht is uh, suspended this week. And we've got Brown starting in the middle all by his lonesome. What can Brown do for you? Brown can get you 10 to 12 tackles and finish as a top 10 linebacker. Hey, I'll buy that all day also. Preston Brown's a top 10 linebacker year in, year out. I mean, this is a lucrative Cincinnati 4-3 defense for a middle linebacker. Because the defensive line's solid. I mean, they're aging, but they're solid. You got Geno Atkins, one of the top 10, uh, uh, probably a top 5 defensive tackle. Michael Johnson, Carlos Dunlap on the out, outside. You're you're going to get opportunities at, at the middle linebacker position. Whoever was, whoever was filling in for perfect in the past, was still a good linebacker. Play Preston Brown with confidence. Since we're talking defense, can we assign a stat line to Andrew Luck in his first game back in over a year? <laughs> talking defense on Andrew Luck? Well, we're talking to pass rushers for Cincy getting to Andrew Luck, so it, it brought up the thought, what's Andrew Luck going to put on the, uh, on the on paper this week? I think Geno gets there. I think Geno gets a sack. I think either Dunlap or – I think Dunlap's the guy who gets a sack. I think they're going to get to Andrew Luck. He's going to be a little rusty. And his timing's not going to be off. I mean, you have to have that quarterback clock going off in your head. He's going to. He might be a little gun shy. He might be a little trigger happy. I don't know. Maybe he's getting the ball out too quick. Maybe he's holding on it too too long. One way or the other, the defense is going to benefit. Whether it's the safety on the quick throws or or the defense defensive line on the uh, holding it too long. I'm gonna give him two twenty five and a touch. I'm gonna give to him T.Y. Hilton two eighty five, two touchdowns, and I will give you a stone cold sit of the week and and it's Jordan Wilkins. I don't think that anybody in Indy is gonna have any sort of run game. That's as you said, Chad, that's a solid defensive line. I think Preston Brown fills in quite nicely for Vontez Perfect. If anyone's going to succeed, it's going to be the pass catchers in Indy. I'm with you. I'm with you. My set set of the week in this game is Jordan Wilkins. As Lee Corso would say, 
Not so fast, my friends. I did say that is a good defensive line. That's a good pass-rushing defensive line. I'm going to go with Jordan Wilkins as your surprise play of the week, especially in DFS. He's going to be cheap. He's gonna his value's gone up in DFS. His val his cost has gone up because he has been declared the starter. Jordan Wilkins, play him. Spend your money elsewhere. If you have Marlon Mack in in a fantasy league, go ahead and get Jordan Wilkins off the waiver wire right now. The guy's gonna go for eighty yards, and he's probably gonna get in the end zone. Man, you we were just talking about a higher scoring affair. You guys are giving uh, Andrew Luck two touchdowns. Who's going to get the other two? Probably Jordan Wilkins on the ground, man. I'm not going to say he's two. I think he gets in the end zone, goes for about 75, 80 yards. Why not in a higher scoring affair over in Cincinnati? I feel like nobody, uh, no runner other than Andrew Luck possibly breaks 50 yards for Indy. Right. Didn't even and that's me. just on some broken plays, obviously. All right. Y'all didn't even let me peg my Andrew Luck line. 250. 20, 20 completions, uh, I'm with you on the two touchdowns. Give we me a we decent week. We a decent week. You from pegging it. You just took too long. Oh, this Jordan Wilkins thing you got going on right now. But if I had to pick an offensive player for Indy, I'm going Eric Ebron. I don't think he's going to get in the end zone, but I think he's going to pace them in receptions. And the, the fantasy world's going to go a little crazy and they're going to grab Ebron off waivers everywhere and redraft. So, not saying he's going to finish as like some kind of dominant tight end, but I like Ebron, and I think uh, Luck doesn't have all of his arm strength back, so I don't know how well he's going to throw deep, and I think he's going to look to play it safe, throw short air, Ebron will be open. I, I like that with Andrew Luck. I like him with distributing the ball. He is a very heady quarterback, a very cerebral quarterback, Someone who doesn't have to lock into a T.Y. Hilton. I think T.Y. Hilton gets a couple catch, a handful of catches. Ryan Grant gets a handful of catches. Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Jordan Who's Wilkins. Who's this Ryan Grant you speak of? I'll get to Ryan Grant. Do we need to get to Ryan Grant? No, I just wondered who he is. All right, he's the number two. But I, I think I think Andrew Luck comes back to form in distributing the football. I don't think he's going to lock in on a T.Y. Hilton. I think I think you're right. He's going to get his his opportunities to Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle underneath. John Doyle. Right. Don't like him. Man, I, I actually, I, I, my, I, my touchdowns are going to Hilton and Doyle. Honestly, that, that's that's if I'm going to guess catching touchdowns. I'm going I'm going Doyle over Ebron all day until it proves it to me. I mean, Eric Ebron's. You know what Jack Doyle makes me think of? Team America the movie. <laughs> Instead of Matt Damon, Jack Doyle. I just want to call him like Black Jack Doyle, like yeah. Doyle playing cards. But Black Jack, uh, the Black Jack dude from wrestling years ago. You remember him? No. You don't? No. Man, you're the wrestling guy. I'm not. It was, it was Blackjack something. Like, Blackjack, uh, I even had, like, a set of playing cards on his tights, like, right there on his cheek. It was Blackjack something. You well, lost me. Do you have I'll that guy's poster on your wall or something? Well, yeah. Any Anyone other than Malik Hooker on the defense, Indianapolis Colts uh, defense? I mean, Darius Leonard's going to be a fine play if you – want to take the chance and put him in hopefully your linebackers are better than that but if they're not Darius Leonard could give you a solid double digit game I just feel like someone's going to be catching Joe Mixon falling backwards all week or all night just going to be catching him taking to the ground yep it, it's got to be Darius Leonard. I don't, Anthony Walker's been nicked up all preseason I mean his status is still really up in the air I this Colts defense is tough man last year one of their best fantasy player was 
a, their strong safety. That's why I'm going with Clayton Gathers. Again, you can argue me all day, but I'm going with the position over the player. I'm going with who was their most dominant IDP player last year. The strong safety position. Clayton Gathers is the better, more athletic position. He's an upgrade over the guy who was there last year, which was Matthias Farley. I know you're talking about Matthias Farley not being more athletic than Lee Cooker. I, again, on, we're man. not talking about... No, you said he's the more athletic. I, I, more I, athletic, like, strong whoa, whoa, safety. Whoa, whoa. Slow your roll, son. We roll. digress. Let's jump into another game. Let's talk about one that we can get through fairly quickly. Let's talk about the Bills and Ravens that that uh, they're facing off Sunday. Let's talk about fantasy relevance in that game. Uh, Is there? Now, I'm excited about Michael Crabtree. You want to lead it off on the Baltimore side? I don't know if I'd say excited. I'm excited about Alex Collins because I don't really believe that the Buffalo Bills defense is as good as it was last season. And I do believe that Alex Collins is uh, going to be a breakout player this season. So I am excited about Alex Collins. I like him. Uh, I think Crabtree will get in the end zone. But outside of that, I don't like anything on the Baltimore side. I didn't like what I saw out of their, their tight ends they drafted, the the Hayden Hurst. I didn't like what they did in the preseason, man. I, th- I do... I do appreciate that Baltimore went out and addressed the wide receiver position. Michael Crabtree is a good player. He's got talent. He's done it before. Been a good receiver. Been a wide receiver one, man. I mean, I like, I am excited. Let me correct. Excited to see what Michael Crabtree does week one in a new offense with Joe Flacco. Again, I've been a Joe Flacco fan, not from a fantasy standpoint, but I know Joe Flacco can get a wide receiver one the ball. I'm excited to see if if Michael Crabtree can come out the gate hot with six receptions, 90 yards, and get in the end zone once, man, for, for a 20-point game. I mean, it's big, but he's the dominant number one. He's the dominant, dominant talent in that passing game. Don't like John Brown? Don't like John. No. I don't, don't either. Uh, I don't, but, but I will say, before arms you get to yours, Willie Sneed is a guy no one's talking about. Okay. So I was going to go Willie Sneed. Okay. Like, I like Crabtree as the number one, obviously. He is the premier talent. But Willie Sneed, like, just fell out, got in the doghouse in New Orleans last year, and they just never even looked his way. Didn't play him. We haven't heard anything about him, his stay in Baltimore so far either. Like, there's been no looks good in training camp. There's been no looking great in preseason. It's just like the dude is no one. He's a ghost. Just keeping on. I, I'm not starting him this week. And he's, a, I, he's a guy I, on my watch list. Yeah, exactly. Watch what he does. And if you have a league that will allow you to pick up even during games, you know, watch what he does in the first half of the game and maybe try to sneak in and pick him up at halftime. I think Willie Sneed could be sneaky good for the year. I just don't want him in this game. I do like the thought of Alex Collins having a decent game. I'm not going to put him near 100 yards, 70 to 80, uh, maybe a touchdown. I mean, if I'm going to put a line on I'm giving him a half touchdown, so to speak. But, uh, you know, Collins, is he's an all right player, but you guys know my passion. I want to go on the defensive side. Yeah. Boy, we all know C.J. Mosley's going to be a stud, right? Yes. We, we know that he's going to be all right. I like Eric Weddle, who's perennially underdrafted in IDP. He, he's, he didn't do anything but last year. He, he always finishes around top 20, top 25. You're playing three of them. Get him in there as your as your uh, safety number three. You'll make me stat pool right now on Eric Weddle where he finished last season. Go I'll ahead. stat pool. You talk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, defensive side, I agree with you on Mosley. I like him a lot. Uh, there's really no one else in Baltimore 
that I even want to play. I'll be honest with you. I don't know half the names on their defense. I know they sound all similar like Kafusi and Bronsawuski and Chikatowski. Chikatilo. I know there's a Chikatilo on there. He's a playing the outside linebacker. I, I don't know anything else besides that. Honestly, I do, but they're not worth mentioning. Judon C.J. Mosley. Yeah, Judon. Judon was like a hot waiver wire pickup at times last season, but I don't even want Weddle. I, I don't even want him. C.J. Mosley is the guy, that one guy that just eats up everything. Like, he is that good. He's not going to allow other players on the team to be decent. You know, Eric Weddle, number 33 last year. So there we have it. Eric Weddle. Perennial top twenty to twenty five. I said he's around at thirty. He's always around that. <laughs> okay, he's 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 still a uh, cornerback three, still playable. In the dude play safety in twelve in the, teams in the deepest of deep leagues. I don't, right. I'm just saying I don't mind him playing this week. All right, Gosh. I'm a little concerned about him hitting forty myself. <laughs> I, it's. His, once you hit 40, your 40 time also goes down. <laughs> what's your What's your predictions for this game? Buffalo, Buffalo, Baltimore. Uh, it's going to be one you don't want to watch unless you're a fan of Buffalo or a fan of the Ravens. I mean, we're talking Joe Flacco uh, versus Nathan Peterman. I actually do like Peterman. I expect the Bills to pull it out. And I think Peterman surprisingly throws for 275, two touchdowns, and 17 picks. <laughs> I, I'm going. Not really. I like him this week. I feel like if Buffalo wins, it is based solely on defensive touchdowns. Shady McCoy's playing like, as well, so probably the best fantasy bet is Shady. After that, to me, it's Peterman. I don't know on the wide receiver. Maybe Kelvin Benjamin comes down with one, but I, I wouldn't bank on him. And start I will him. tell you, I do not want a single Buffalo offensive player. No, no. None. I want none of them to play. I don't care what they cost in fantasy. I don't even want Shady. The team doesn't look much different than last season, even though it's drastically different. Okay, I'm just saying, I, just I, like I don't have any confidence in any of them having value. I'm scared of all of them. I'm, I'm literally scared of all of them. Right down to Charles Clay, who's been nothing but consistent in his career. Consistently mediocre, but mm-hmm. I'm not even sure he could be mediocre next year with Nathan Peterman. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, we got to mention him for a second. I got him on my do not draft list. I mean, that's leading up to this season. I'm scared of him, man. I'm scared that he's going to, he's just on the back end of a career and not caring, especially when we get into week six and they're one and five, one, oh, and six. I mean, this is this could be a scary bad Buffalo Bills team and, and getting to my prediction on the game. I think Baltimore comes out and runs all over them. Runs them into the ground, man. I like you talking about Alex Collins. I think he's going to have a big game. I think Michael Crabtree has a big game. That's I think, their best chance is Collins having a good game. Yeah, their defense is dominant. This is a bad matchup for a new look Buffalo Bills, and when we say new look, that's not a good thing when we're talking about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it's a new look offense that's going to struggle to figure it out, and that Ravens defense is good. I mean, they're, they're quality, they're veterans. I think they're going to absolutely maul this bit Buffalo Bills offense. I, I don't think it's good, and I think that's why Buffalo eeks out the win. See, I, whenever I look at Buffalo, I say, man, there's two, two people with some pretty good potential. Charles Clay. And the second most talented guy that's currently starting is Zay Jones. Ugh, that's and that gross. is pathetic. No, he's no. Give me, give me if, Ravens. If, if, 20, I'll still want, take LaShawn, even though I don't want to I draft was, him, but I was in I'll a, take LaShawn for this I game. I was in a 12-team, very, very experienced draft. Two running back, no flex. 
non-PPR. LaShawn McCoy went undrafted. I don't agree with that. You got to take him. I I just don't like it. I don't want him on my team. But you got someone's got to take him. He's not undrafted. I think he. I don't think he's undrafted. I, I think if you have better options, you can go to him. I don't think you're gonna gonna get laughed at for playing someone like a, even a Giovanni Bernard man over there, a Lashawn. I, I hate to there's say there's no it. suspension yet. Right. The the biggest no, fear right now is that he's thirty. I think uh, I'm going to go back to my prediction, man. It, I got a 24-3 Ravens. I think that Buffalo Bills is just atrocious. It's just bad. LaShawn McCoy is just a shell of his old self. He he showed he was aging down the stretch last year. I'm, I'm going to say scared of him. 18 to 3 Ravens. With that being said, look for big games and an exceptional game out of Tremaine Edwards or Edmonds, excuse me. Tremaine Edmonds, a faster ridiculously athletic guy replacing Preston Brown from last year. And if the Ravens run a lot, it makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to the Buccaneers and the Saints. Not a not a game I'm excited about. Again, you got Ryan Griffin playing the first game for Tampa Bay. You've got Peyton Barber as the big time running back in Tampa Bay. I'm not a fan. I'm not buying it. Uh, you do have Mike Williams, and I do love uh, Mr. Godwin down there in Tampa Bay, listed as a co-starter with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, but you this, mean, this to me, is a game the Saints are going to win handily. Do you mean Mike Evans? It, yeah, well, yes. Mike I mean, Evans Mike Evans is fine, I, but Godwin's going to be... You Godwin, said Mike Godwin's Williams, good. though. Oh, did I? Yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm just, sorry, Mike Evans. But Saints, I do expect them to win it. Win it. Ha! I do expect them to win it handily on the back of Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. To me, this is... This is a boring game. I would pass on it. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be very good at all this season. Man, it's exciting in New Orleans this year, man. Especially just those two, the first two you mentioned, Kamara and Michael Thomas. Like, man, I mean, top five receiver, top five running back, PPR formats. Man, this is going to be exciting to see if they've got over their playoff loss hangover, if that is. I know it is a crushing way to go out. I, this is this is going to be a great offense. The Buccaneers are a little inept on offense. Um, I expect another. I expect a blowout here. I, I expect a two touchdown at least win by the Saints. Give me, give me them thirty to like seventeen, something like that. But also, give me those linebackers in Tampa Bay that Arms loves because Saints are going to be what do you like to call it, Arms salting away at the clock, salting away basically starting at halftime. Um, the one thing I will. I like uh, Kamara, obviously, for obvious reasons. You all know how, how I feel about him. But I'm not sure he plays after the third quarter. You know, I think that this game's going to be well in hand fairly early. You'll see some Gillisley? So I, I think it, we're going to see some pretty decent numbers out of more than one receiver. It's not going to be just Michael Thomas. I think um, whoever the number two pass catcher is, whoever you view that as being, whether it's Traquan, Traquan Smith, Smith or is, is Cam Meredith still still healthy right now? Cam Meredith. Yeah, he's, he's good to yeah. go, but I think Traquan Smith showed that he's going to earn more playing time. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Either one of those, maybe even both of those, have five five catches, Ted Ginn 50, to si- about. 50 to 60 yards. I think Ginn's tra- Ginn takes away the t- uh, the uh, – focus from them and that leaves him open a little bit more drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game he will find open receivers if you have to account for one of the fastest guys to ever play the game in ted ginn i know he's not quite what he used to be but he looked great last year and you obviously have to account for a top five receiver michael thomas you know you you got to also account for a really really shifty guy out of the backfield navin kamara 
there's just a couple guys that are going to be open, and I, I like some sneaky plays in either Traquan or Traquan and Cam Meredith. Yeah, especially DFS. I, I mean, you can go deep if you want to spend money on, on big-time guys and, and end up with a Traquan. I'm with you. This thing's over at halftime. Starters don't play. The stars don't play much much past the third quarter. I think you get some garbage time stats from a, a Cam Meredith, from a Traquan Smith, even a Mike Gillisley. He was kind of a hot commodity on the waiver wire in deeper leagues, very deeper leagues. Surprised the Bills didn't snatch him up. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's familiar in Lashawn McCoy with the situation, but good good landing spot for him for at least four games. We could see see that Mike Gillisley stat from the first game last year, three touchdowns, and you're like. No, 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 give it to Alvin Kamara. No, what are you doing? And just gillisly, continuously plunging it in. Um, on the defensive side for the Saints, familiar face in a new place to Mario Davis. Look for him to have a nice game. And then, of course, as one of my uh, outside-looking-in guys, I think Marcus Williams is going to be quite all right. I agree, because Tampa Bay is going to have to throw the ball a lot in the second half. I don't normally condone starting a cornerback, but if you have to, man, Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> Another Buckeye. Mar- Marshawn Lattimore against who? Who's playing quarterback? Ryan Griffin? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Peter I mean, Griffin. Th- th- one of the two <laughs> is going to play. I don't trust either one of them to to crack this open or even honestly keep it close. Yeah, Cam Jordan's going to have a monstrous game. I think he's going to get a double sack game. I mean, the dude's going to be just kind of pick up where he left off last year. Cam Cam Jordan's going to be out of the gate hot against a Ryan Fitzpatrick or who whoever ends up at quarterback for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Flipping Whoops. over to that side, it, it kills me that Mike Evans has to get out of the gate in 2018 with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Obviously going to hurt. But then again, he's probably going to get the target share. He's probably going to get a ton of targets in this game, especially going behind. Do you have Mike Evans having a good game, going 15 fantasy points or more? I could definitely see that. Let's end this on two hot games, and then we'll get to the rest of them before Sunday actually kicks off. Texans, Patriots. It's getting hotter in here. I, I'm calling the Texans victory. Texans over Patriots? Texans over Patriots. Deshaun Watson comes back. This mostly just equates to my hatred of the Patriots, my hatred of 40-year-old Tom Brady. But Deshaun Watson comes in, shocks the Patriots, just like Kansas City did the first game of the season last season. And uh, Lamar Miller has himself a game, and DeAndre Hopkins has himself a game. Deshaun Watson has himself a 300-yard game coming back. Injuries can't stop this man. He's a bad man. DeAndre Hopkins... Deshaun Watson, that's where I get tripped up the most. I, I like it. I think that Brady has issues with the receivers. They've signed Darbo. They're looking to sign, God, they were looking to sign someone else, a, a Kendall Wright. Kendall they're Wright. looking to sign Kendall Wright. They're just, they're desperate at wide receiver, in my opinion. And I really don't give a crap about any of the running backs they have, not named Sonny Michelle, Sony Michelle, I should say. I, I just, I don't like it. I think it's going to take them a few weeks to figure it out, and the Texans are going to put it on. Would you respect Tom Brady for like six minutes? Amen, mm-hmm. Reverend. Please respect Listen, Tom Brady. I did it all off season. I respected him all off season. Now the season's about to start, and Tom Brady can kiss his kids. Okay, here's what I'm I'm done with him. You're talking about the wide receiver core, and you won't mention Chris Hogan. Top ten play this week. 
Yes. Go ahead and get to Chris Hogan in your lineup in all formats. I mean, he is a top 10 lock this week. He, he's one of my guys that's got a great matchup. I agree that Houston's going to put up some points in this game. Also agree, Tom, uh, have to say Tom Brady's going to put up some points throwing the ball. Healthy Gronk, healthy Hogan, healthy Tom Brady. Give me the Patriots to win at home, unlike they did last year. They come out the gate hot, ready to go. Let's go Patriots. You won't hear that too much this season because I'm not on the bandwagon either. But I think the Patriots come out and absolutely get off to a great start. Give me Porter L. Patterson in DFS. That's exactly what I was going to say. Tom Brady can find open receivers. Cordell Patterson is one of the better athletes Tom Brady's had the pleasure of throwing to in the past five or so years. Now, obviously, you're going to play your studs, right? You play Brady. I think Hogan's going to be a stud this week, so you got to play him. But I'm going to give you another name that just nobody, nobody, nobody is talking about. Why not Jeremy Hill? Oof. Who? Why not Jeremy Hill? No. Well, you need. You're hoping for a hot hand situation you, you, and a running back by committee. Rex, Bur- Rex Burkhead is nobody. Rex Burkhead is going to continue to be nobody. He is somebody. Steve, my neighbor that listens to Godsmack <laughs> and and likes Ford F 150s. If you follow the Twitter. Side by sides and drinks Monster Energy, drinks original flavors. If I'm going to pick one I have to go with you know, for the season, it's going to be Sony Michelle. But. Don't be surprised if Jeremy Hill actually has a fairly decent game. We all know that with Patriots, the term starter is relative. The term starter is just who plays the literally the first down. They may not play the rest of the game. So none of that matters. Look for Rex Burkhead to quickly come off the field and it be somebody else who's uh, shouldering the load. If Michelle's healthy, Michelle all the way. I do like him. I like his overall prospects on the season. And he's going to be a PPR monster this year arms i apologize i have a dfs login after all quarter l patterson's 4600 bucks in dfs which means he's one of the cheapest he's basically available. free basically free so don't uh, i i have to counter that please don't play quarter l cordero patterson i would spend the money on chris hogan on on the upside he's going to be kind of mid-tier maybe mid to high tier but i think he's, but he's talking you gotta you gotta go cheap on someone in dfs to win you gotta call one a week Quarter L. Patterson. Now, I, I think we all agree you play your studs as far as on Houston, obviously, right? Yes. The Deshaun, the DeAndres. You know, I kind of think Lamar Miller catching a little bit out of the backfield is going to be good in a PPR league this week as well. I've been oddly hot on Lamar Miller. I mean, there's not any competition. He's when set up for a big year, to be honest. When we're talking about value, when we're talking about volume, it's Lamar Miller is kind of the unnoticed, undrafted typically forgotten about running back in in the entire nfl i mean the guy's set up to have tons of volume on a good offense an offense that should project upward from last year let me ask you a question go ahead it's kind of hot do you guys care if i take my pants off absolutely yeah, i do care please don't okay I continue de- i definitely care you you broke me up but i, I lamar miller play him Play him in DFS. If, if yeah, there's a cheap DSF play. If you're short in a league and you're you're thinking about a Lamar Miller or a – you know what? I'd play Lamar Miller over Joe Mixon talking about a guy we go back to just based mm-hmm. on volume and matchup. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think I think Lamar Miller is going to have a very, very good start to the season. 60, 6500 bucks in DFS, which is right just a little above Burkhead, Richard Penny, and Adrian Peterson. So, is a solid play. I do like it. But Nab Lamar Miller all day, please, in DFS. Yeah, Will Lamar Fuller, you know, he hasn't had time to get hurt yet. 
So he's a guy that you could possibly play if you are thin at receiver. I wouldn't want him to play on my team week one until he proves that he's going to do that same pony trick he did last season wherever he catches a touchdown. Houston's but, yeah, Houston's good. They're confident in Will Fuller enough are. to release a Braxton Miller. I mean, That or Kiki Kuti is, is definitely going to be that slot guy. We'll see what happens. So on the defensive side, you think Watt gets a sack this week? No. no, it's Tom Brady. He gets rid of the ball too quick. We know he's not mobile, but he's Tom Brady. He gets rid of the ball. I don't think J.J. Watt can come away with the, with a sack this week. I think he's going to play well. I mean, he's a disruptor. He's J.J. Watt. He has the most like tackles for loss since 2011, and he's missed two seasons. He's J.J., man. But I don't think he gets a sack. Do you see any uh, defensive plays on either team? That Zach you- Cunningham. How many times are we going to have to talk about him? Zach Cunningham on that side of the ball. Uh, I mean, I think the Patriots are going to try to set the tone early because of their lack of wide receivers. I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Burkhead and and company, a little bit of Jeremy Hill. You're going to see some running plays. You're also going to see Zach Cunningham make a lot of tackles. You're going to see Zach Cunningham drop back into coverage and deflect a couple passes. He's a must-play if you got him on your team to me this week. Cunningham on that side of the ball. Patriots, defense, Trey Flowers is the only guy I got. Yeah, it, it is tough on that side. Devin McCourty is startable, and besides that, I would I would look at other teams and other options, other games. I don't like the Patriots. I, I was going to say McCourty is going to be my only starter on the Patriots defense. Exactly. Now, With a mobile quarterback in Deshaun Watson, I like the defensive line to get ASAC. Maybe two, maybe three. You never know. I mean, it's just Deshaun Watson trying to turn something into nothing, but ends up being a sack i mean i i like trey flowers to get a sack he's a talented defensive end he's a top 10 defensive end i think he's gonna get his he's gonna have a few few stops on top of that i think that this is going to be a good matchup i think that it's going to be a high scoring game i don't think that either team's going to come away with an interception and i don't i don't have other than mccordy any big like i don't trust terry matthew or kareem jackson at this point yeah i was gonna Tyron Mathel, the Honey Badger, is one of my top ten guys. I I love the Honey Badger, but this isn't his game. This isn't his breakout game. He's going to have a few plays here and there throughout the season, not winning this game with the smart, one of the greatest ever, and Tom Brady throwing the ball against him. All right, let's move on to an even bigger game, in my opinion, Niners-Vikings, only because the Niners have so much hype around Jimmy G., the Vikings have so much hype around grabbing the top quarterback out of free agency and Kirk Cousins. So let's talk about it. This is a big one. A big one that I think is going to be kind of a dud because I'm going to relate it right back to the Saints and Bucks. I think the Vikings are going to win this one pretty handily, mostly because San Francisco doesn't have that identity yet. They're planning all offseason to go into it with Jarek McKinnon. He goes down. Matt Bereda is now next in line to take that job and run with it. And that's you got Jimmy G to good one unless they can hook up for three to four touchdowns in this game. I just don't see the Niners winning. I think the Vikings are too good on both sides of the ball. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brady's been banged up all preseason. So is he even really ready to come into full full game action? Who is Brady? Brady. Oh, Brady. I'm sorry. I thought you said Brady. I got no, the 40 year old on my Breda. mind. Um, he has. He just got cleared. If I'm going to play anyone on, I'll just stick on one one side, one team at this point. An offensive player. I like Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is going to have a game because that's what so far in his career we've seen him be successful. Nothing has. Um, there's been no red flags for Jimmy G yet. Um, he's got to throw the ball to somebody. 
So I'm, I'm going to look at Pierre Garçon as being uh, the, the beneficiary of most of his targets. I know he's got good chemistry with Marquise Goodwin, but for now it's going to be Pierre Garçon just based on the, the historic reliability of what Pierre Garçon is. Yeah, I don't know if Goodwin can be a PPR asset. It's going to be touchdown or bust for Goodwin seemingly, but I did add him to our top uh, 20 receivers, so I still believe in him. I think he's going to take that next step, but Garçon is a little safer. I think I think we're going to get a decent scoring game. I don't think it's going to be an offensive nightmare for for the 49ers. I, you know, it hurts losing to Jarek McKinnon, but Matt Breed is capable. If he's healthy, he's going to be fine. Jimmy Garoppolo got that moxie, man. He has Pierre Garcon. He's got Marquise Goodwin. He has whoever they're going to end up at tight end, whether it's George, a little bit of George Kittle, a little bit of Garrick Selleck. So whatever they end up doing, they're going to have to score some points to hang with this Minnesota Vikings offense with a fresh Dalvin Cook. And let's also a with brand new Kirk Cousins also, in that wide receiving court. When we're talking about Brady, let's also realize if I, I may be wrong on this, but I feel like they let Hyde walk before they got McKinnon. So they didn't know for sure they were getting a Jarek McKinnon. They've got some confidence in Matt Breda. Oh, Matt Breda did really well last season. It took me weeks and weeks to pry him away from Nit in our main league. and But I, do, I don't want to understate the fact that this game was a game Jarek McKinnon was probably dying to play in. Like, oh, God, yeah. Just His old dying team is drafted like, team. If he was still healthy, I might lean Niners in this one just because McKinnon was probably going to play harder than he ever played in his life. I, I just really like the Vikings. I love Stephon Diggs in this game. I think if Diggs is matched up with Sherman, I think Sherman's way closer to done than anyone realizes. Way closer to being just an average NFL cornerback. If he's on Diggs, Diggs is going to roast him for two touchdowns. I'm going to say that right now. Thielen may get all the work underneath with Rudolph sprinkled in, but if Diggs and Sherman are matched up, Diggs is going to roast him Vikings all day. Vikings all day, I, but I think the Niners are going to hang in there regardless of that running back situation. Dalvin Cook's going to be an interesting watch. He's going to be an easy play. I, I don't think it, it, if you have him, you're playing him, but he's going to be an interesting play. Just see how he comes out. I think they're going to try to get him rolling on the ground. I think they're going to get him into the passing game. Dalvin Cook's going to have a mediocre day. He's not going to disappoint. He's not going to wow. They're going to work Dalvin Cook in efficiently in this offense. But uh, I'm with you. It's Thielen and Diggs with a little bit of Kyle Rudolph sprinkled in. I think Kirk Cousin has has a very good fantasy day. I think he's easily playable in, in DFS. He's easily playable if you're in between starters in Dynasty League or in a, in a fantasy league. I think Kirk Cousin should be your starter in most fantasy or Dynasty Leagues. I mean, he's a top five quarterback, and I see no reason for him to finish anything, anything outside of the top five this week. Now, who, who is going to be the beneficiary of that? We know he loves to throw it to some tight ends. I think Kyle Rudolph is in line for a bigger day target-wise than what he's used to. Um, and then, of course, you know, I like Thielen over Diggs. You guys know that. So I'm going to say Thielen's going to be the person who has a little bit bigger day. We're talking total points in a PPR league especially. Um, Diggs might have more yards, but I think Thielen's the one who ends up with a bigger overall fantasy impact. I do like uh, Cook, but I'm, I'm not giving him Joe Mix numbers. I'm going to give him – 80-ish yards, another here, – here's where uh, Cook's going to come into play. He's going to get five receptions. No. He's going to get five receptions for another 30 or 40 yards. Um, I don't give him a touchdown in this game, and that's just based on the fact that I think this is where uh, Kyle can, Rudolph eats. I can agree with that. Throw the ball with Kirk Cousins. Show off your shiny new free agent, but also don't forget about Dalvin Cook. Try to get him rolling mm-hmm. on the ground. 
Defensively, switching over, switching or staying with the Vikings, I I like Eric Kendricks. I mean, Eric, there's a lot of playable players on this Minnesota defense. Danielle Hunter, uh, Danielle. I I know, I know. Eric Kendricks, you know, Harrison Smith, Andrew Sandeo. They're both relevant safeties. Very good. Tons of players to pick from on that side of the football. Flip over to the Niners. You got a couple guys on the defensive line. Solomon Thomas, promising rookie year. DeForest Buckner's been a good play, a solid IDP play since he came into the league. You got Reuben Foster out. Enter a Fred Warner or a Malcolm Smith if you want to get a little dicey on the on the linebackers. I expect one of them to have a big game. And my dude. Jaquiski Tart. I was getting ready to say, I have my eyes on that sweet little tart you've been talking about yes. this offseason. Yes, Jaquiski Tart's going to come up with some big tackles. He's going to, again, you talk about Thielen over the middle. I think Tart's going to be there to register some tackles on him, if not Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. Jaquiski Tart has a very good matchup against the Vikings because he has multiple options. Haven't even got to guarding a, a Kyle Rudolph all game. He can take down a Thielen over the middle, a Kyle Rudolph getting some looks, or a Dalvin Cook on a screen or swing. My plays here, I'm going to go with DeForest Buckner uh, being the most relevant defensive lineman. Um, I think Fred Warner's going to have an okay game. I don't know enough. Fred of, Warner? Cheap pickup, though. Yeah, Cheap I mean, pickup it, with Ruben Paulson. Talk, I, I like hearing about him. He was a great player at BYU and had a steal in the draft, in my opinion. Just surprised to hear you say his name. Yeah, but we're talking about someone who you can stream this week like that it. nobody else has drafted. If you if you have a Ruben Foster, you know you can pick up Fred Warner for a couple bucks, most likely, and put him in this week and get some production. Now, Jaquiski Tart, probably going to lead the team in tackles. Could quite possibly the team probably, out of the strong safety position. That, that's where I'm going with Tart. I think that he's going to be the person that they're throw, trying to throw on or around. He's always going to be there. Maybe not a ton of solos, but he's going to rack up the assists this Chipping week at, at a minimum. So I like Tart as the biggest defensive play for uh, for the Niners. I agree with that, actually. And, and I do like Eric Kendricks. I do like Harrison Smith. I like Dalvin Cook to have a pretty solid comeback game, but not a top five fantasy week running back wise I think playable. it's going to take him a playable yeah I think it's going to take him a few weeks to really get rolling but there's there's a lot to like in this game offensively defensively the Niners kind of kills it without Reuben Foster there I'm not high on it but I do I do like Fred Warner to possibly show what he can do in the league the unfortunate part about that is you're probably not going to get that kind of game out of him for the rest of the season. He's getting replaced immediately as soon as Reuben Foster is eligible to play again. Another guy, that uh, back to the offensive side, just to keep an eye on, Dante Pettis been cleared to play last I saw. So kind of keep just an, a eye, waiver keep wire an eye on the waiver wire. Maybe toss him on a taxi squad if you, you know, if you can pick him up for cheap after this week. Deeper IDP leagues. Dante Pettis could come up big. Could yes. actually, I mean, I like Pierre Garçon. I like Marquise Goodwin, but I like Trent Taylor. I like that wide receiving core, the depth. George the, Kittle? George Kittle, him and Garrick Selleck, just going to split. The, the way I, it's leading in, they're going to be splitting reps at tight end. I love Kittle, but he's been banged up, so I don't know what his availability is in this game. I got. I don't think he's going to play. If he plays, I don't think he's going to play a lot. I got to add on Jimmy G since we're running back through the offense. I actually have Jimmy G and Dak in the league. I'm going to play Dak this week. I'm, I, I don't know that the Niners absolutely get absolutely rolling against a very good Minnesota defense, but I think I like Jimmy G on the year, just not in game one. I have to add that the reason the Patriots from the last game we talked about are working out Kendall Wright 
the reason Kendall Wright didn't make that Viking squad. Depth. Not just depth. Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell, a two-year bust of the position, going into that magical third year. Not saying it'll be magical for Laquan Treadwell because, to me, Diggs, Thielen, obviously the guys. But Treadwell is a real-life player, I think, can help this team and actually become kind of a threat that people have to worry about a little bit. If I'm playing DFS and I'm running out of money, that Cordero Patterson buy that I mentioned earlier, you could flip it right to Laquan Treadwell and possibly get the same results. He could add three catches, you know, 50, 60 yards. It could be a decent streamer if you're weak at the position. Laquan Treadwell is Sidney Rice. Physically imposing, and I just don't see the production ever coming. I love Laquan Treadwell. I hung on to him for two years. I just I'm done with him. There too many targets go everywhere else. Adam Thielen's going to you eat. You are done with him. I picked him up in yeah. our main league. Today. Adam Thielen is eats up all the targets that could have went to Laquan, Laquan Treadwell. If you want to talk about like the athlete, he's probably a better athlete than any of the receivers they've got on the team. Unfortunately, he's not a better receiver than any of the receivers they've got on the team. He's a guy on my watch list. That's all I'll say. I stopped watching him. <laughs> Dude, you you want to go one more? You're gonna reel us in, take us home. We got, you know what? We got one more. I think we can do one more. You know why we can do one more before we break the rest of of them down? It's our teams, baby. It's Titans, Dolphins. Oh, what a way to end it on an absolute downer. turn of a game. <laughs> but you never know. It's the NFL. It's a new season. These these two teams could be facing off in the AFC Championship for all we no. know. I'm unlikely. No, they can't. Because there is this is real life. This isn't Madden. The boat we're in. Raiders fan. This thing's sinking quickly. Dolphins fan. We are losing all credibility right now. Titans fan. Playoff. You are you are actually Titans. Titans. It's probably a better time to be a Titans fan. But luckily, not many implications in this game, in my opinion. Kenyon Drake. Love him. I'm playing him. In every single league I have him in, I am playing Kenyon Drake because he's got a chip on his shoulder. They brought in Frank Gore. They drafted Kalen Balazs. I think that Kenyon Drake's going to go out there and make the Miami Dolphins realize they didn't need either one of those guys. They could have stuck with Damian Williams and Sonoris, whatever the heck his name is, Sonoris Perry. Uh, They probably could have even brought in Orleans Darkwa a guy they've already had before. Kenyon Drake, going to have a great game. Devontae Parker sitting out this week, as you heard on the quick hits this morning, and or yesterday morning. Albert Wilson has a chance to run with that outside receiver job. To me, Danny Amendola is the only receiver to play. I think Albert Wilson has a chance to prove that he can be startable in the future. Time will tell. But Danny, Danny Amendola, Kenyon Drake, I wouldn't touch Tannehill with the 10-foot pole. It's too early for Gusecki on offense. I I hate, I hate to echo some negativity here, but I, I cannot find a player on either offense that I want to play. Oh. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Neither quarterback, Mar- Mariota, Tannehill, no. I, I look at the Amendola running backs. Drake. It's a, when you go Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, Frank Gore, uh, Kenyon Drake, all of them are going to split carries with the other. Uh, wide receiver wise, neither have none of them have it figured out. I'm watching Corey Davis, but I have no faith in him. I'm not starting him, even if I, I would start again. Let's go back to Ryan Grant. I'd start Ryan Grant over Corey Davis. I do believe in this matchup. Talking matchups here, 
Uh, Delaney Walker, I mean, it's just not exciting offensively. Now, defensively, I think you're going to get some Wesley Woodyards racking up some tackles. I think you're going to get Kiko Alonzo racking up some tackles. And please emerge Raquan McMillan. Please emerge as a dominant force at the middle linebacker position in Miami. I, I am excited to watch some Raquan. I'm going to take all my shares, and I've I've been against this guy since day one. I'm going all in this week on Derrick Henry. This is the this is the game that is going to make everyone who paid and overpaid for Derrick Henry in the offseason, they're going to feel like, wow, I got my money's worth. And then you need to sell him. Yeah. Because he's going to have a game. I think that I think the Titans are going to walk away with this. I'd say probably a two-score game at the end of the day. Uh 24-13 something in that range. Um, I, I like the Titans to uh, to more or less be paced by Henry, 100-ish yards, two touchdowns. Um, I like Corey Davis. I like his potential. At the end of the day, man, I, I've got to see it before I can really put I any – I can't bank on it, yeah, man. You, you, I cannot bank on Corey Davis. with the Rousseau, like That's why I made the comp to Ryan Grant. Like Corey Davis is just the number two to Rashard Matthews. He really is. No, I mean, Rashard Matthews is always – He's capable. A, yeah, he's a, he's a number two receiver who's always putting, yeah putting in put in that number one ish role like the one a role. He's Robbie Anderson if you yeah, want to make yeah, a comment. Yeah, there you go. Robbie Anderson and Rashard Matthews are the same player. Yeah, he's just someone he always puts up seven eight hundred yards ish, but he's he's not going to win you a week. A decent streamer, but he's not going to win you a week. Now from we'll go over the defensive side. Obviously, you're going to play Kevin Byard because he's an absolute stud. Um, I do. Woodyard's going to do what Woodyard does, and you know probably seven, eight tackles. Rack him up on Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Now, Kenny. Whenever we flip over to Miami, guys, I like Kenny Stills. I like Kenny Stills' play. This is his time to shine. Um, he's the the deep ball threat. He's a little bit more. Oh my God, he's a foot taller than every other receiver they have playing right now. I mean, truth. He's the biggest target that they have, and you're against Gasecki. I like Gasecki this week. I think Gusecki's going to have an opportunity to uh, to get a, some stats out there. He, he, is he going to kill it? He has to win the starter job this week. Is is what's sad about Gusecki? Yes. Is he he has to get his time and then actually contribute? And I don't I don't know if that. Happens. I think if Gusecki gets on the field though, you're looking at two or three catches. Is is he going to have five for 105? No. Do something amazing while you're yeah, on the field. Yeah, but he's he's going to show flashes to where he does secure the the starting job. Um, I will absolutely stay away from both quarterbacks. I have no faith in either one of them doing anything. And, man, if you, they, they brought in Frank Gore, I can't bank on Kenyon Drake carrying the ball more than 10 times. So scared. So I, I mean, it's terrifying. They For some reason, everyone wants to give the diagonal ball to Frank Gore. I mean, they did it in Indianapolis. It's going to be 12 touches apiece for both of them. Yeah, and neither one of them is going to do anything. I, I'll steer entirely away from the running backs uh, on Miami. Um as you said, Raekwon, it's your time to shine, baby. IDP-wise, prove it to Raekwon. Yeah. Give me some love. Exactly. And then, of course, you know, you're going to play Rashad Jones because he's a stud. So, And Kiko does – he'll do Kiko things. He's Kiko, be, Kiko's not even a starter on the depth chart right now. So, I, I'm, I'm not – you've got him as a starter on your depth chart? By himself. On our lads and a couple other things, it was Jerome Baker. They've got, uh, they've got Jerome at the weak and Kiko at the strong. Okay, yeah, they didn't have that the other day, but 
But yeah, as far as defense goes, I like McMillan trying to prove that he's uh, you know a top linebacker in this league, even though he hasn't even played in this league yet. Uh, Wesley Woodyard, of course, is going to get his tackles. There's really nobody I like on the D-line for either team. If Cam Wake gets enough snaps, you can count on a sack, but Rashad Jones, that's a definite must-play. Uh, and then on the other side, Kevin Byard, definite must-play. But I do actually like Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. I wouldn't start them both, but if you are weak at running back and you have both of them and not a better option, Miami's defense is a work in progress. Double down on Titans running back. I'm just saying you could if you don't. If you had Jarek McKinnon and Alfred Morris, and then you, you know, if you ended up with a Morris, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather start Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. I mean, I'd rather start him. You You may have Rojo, you may have the Titans backs. Rojo and McKinnon. It's hard to tell. So, to me, those guys are at least startable. I think they're going to get enough run against a rebuilding Miami defense that they'll be okay. As far as back to the Derrick Henry thing, uh, his cost in fantasy is, or DFS is pretty cheap, 6800 at this point. Uh, for right around Lamar Miller's cost, I'll take Derrick Henry. And if I could play him twice over Lamar Miller, I absolutely would. I still like Lamar. Like Lamar. There, That's but. not a bad combo, though. Lamar Miller, Derrick Henry, go spend some oh, money on some wide receivers oh and a quarterback. God. Yeah, if you were loaded up on uh, wide receivers, maybe got a premium tight end and a quarterback and went cheap on running backs, you got a good chance to win right there. Even better, finishing up with that game, would be the Le'Veon Bell situation. And instead... Play a little James Conner. Play where, a little James Conner in where's DFS. Your, Actually, everywhere. If you have James Conner on your team and you don't have two top flight running backs, James Conner is loaded up and ready to roll five grand in DFS. Free. But free. But everywhere else, I if you've got him, you gotta play him. Pittsburgh has made D'Angelo Williams, Fitzgerald Toussaint, and countless others look good in limited action. You know good and well that James Conner is going to be an absolute stud from a production standpoint. That system is just conducive to inferior level running backs. And I'm not saying that James Conner's bad. I'm not saying uh, D'Angelo Williams is bad. But compared to Le'Veon Bell, they are. They still have those production numbers. Now, I'd like to touch on the Le'Veon situation. He's going to be fine week two. Perfectly fine. I, I, hate so? the, I hate the offensive line's kind of ragging him right now. But the, at the end of the day, offensive line wants to win games. When Le'Veon gets plugged in, he's going to be Le'Veon. Easy. Why, but why would he even bother missing game one and then just come back for game two? He's reporting they're not playing him. He, he's going to come back. He, they're just not playing him week one. He's when did ready. he report? He's go, he's he's gonna report. Is he gonna? gonna is fine. it literally gonna show up to the stadium right before the game starts? I mean, not week it, one. I'm not saying. Week what, one. My point is, Le'Veon Bell is being disrespectful to his own teammates. I think they're getting a little sick of it because of Brad his team. Evans broke that news today that there is turmoil in the locking locking room locker room over Lev Bell, and I think they know they've got guys that can get it done. They've had guys that can get it done before Lev Bell. Le'Veon Bell is being a diva, and you know it, he's arguably the most talented running back in the league. I, I think he's definitely in the top five conversation. Year he's year. on pace for Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean he no. is. But it, now, if he continues to act like this, does he start getting that TO treatment? Should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, and they wait a year just because yeah. of how he acts. Pittsburgh made D'Angelo Williams out way out of his prime. Look great. They, just, they don't need Lev Bell to win games. It helps. 
I mean, I'm not saying that you don't want him. You want him. But if he's more, if he's becoming more of a headache than he is a solution, and you've got a young James Conner and Jalen Samuels, a guy that they also like really well, you, you can move on. All I'm saying, that's what I was getting ready to say. Now's the time. You still have him under contract. Go ahead and trade him. Get something out of him. He's still going to garner a first. I have a cousin named Garner. He's he's going to get he's going to get you some serious value. Go ahead and get rid of him. Move on with James Conner. I know that that championship window is getting smaller and smaller with Big Ben aging out and uh, Antonio Brown aging out. But you know what? You're going to be fine with James Conner. You're still a playoff team. And if Conner, a, a little bit younger guy, if he's got a, a quite the motor as we've seen before in some limited action, let let James Conner run and let Le'Veon walk. Here's my thing. You're talking about the players disrespecting Le'Veon. Dude, he's been disrespected by the Steelers, flat out. Offer the man. He's he's, he's get, a running back. He's a run. He's a Hall of Fame caliber running back. He's not a superior running back. He's Hall of Fame worthy. Like, see what he can do on another team. Like, I would too. I mean, but they're disrespecting the talent of Le'Veon Bell. Not to get into it. If Marquise Pouncey's been the most uh, verbal offensive lineman for the Steelers against Le'Veon. He's under contract. Like he he's signed his money. He's got his money. Le'Veon still doesn't have his money. I mean, he doesn't. He's making quite a bit if he plays this year. He doesn't have the long term deal. You got to pay Le'Veon Bell. I I don't care what it takes to pay the man. They offered him a ridiculous contract. And Forty he, million. And he just he, nah. That's not enough. Nope. Peace out, like, what, what, I said it. He's it's got to be a hundred mil for him. You can give him five years, a hundred mil. I mean, listen, if this we're in we're in it. the NFL that doesn't that doesn't bow down to contractual terrorists. Mar- he's Khalil, not a terrorist. The terrorist Khalil is the Mack Steelers. Is, Khalil Mack is gone. Oh, Lev Bell could be next. They could pay the price. Both teams are going to pay the price for having superior talent. Hall of Fame, again, I'll say it, Hall of Fame-worthy talent. And Le'Veon Bell, walk. You can't let. Mack was a mistake. I don't think Bell will be. Where did Emmitt Smith played his prime for the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years. Why? Because they paid him. All right? Le'Veon Bell deserves a contract of three to five years. They need to go five years, $100 million, and give him I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying. Chad, what did they offer him? He can't demand it. What they offer him? What was it? I don't. I don't know. It was. It was five. I believe it was. No, it was over twelve million a year. I remember that. He won last year when he was playing under the franchise tag. He wanted twelve mil per year. One year later, they give him over twelve mil per year, and he says, "Nah, I'm good." Like, bye bye. That's that's. They offered him. See ya. Am I wrong? I thought they offered him seventy million dollars. It's yeah, a lot of money. They His value seven, is much higher than that. They offered him seventy million dollars. He's one player. He's one player. I mean, and he, the, the, here's the biggest problem: he's one player with a limited shelf life based on his position, playing the most violent s- spot in the sport. You know, one injury. Why do you want to pay a guy seventy million dollars if he's going to have one injury and potentially ruin his career? I'm not going back. Like I'm five not, years, seventy mil. Yep. Not mo- not moving on. Seventy mil is not enough for Le'Veon Bell. So, uh, what I want to go back to is the Marquise Pouncey it, complaining about him when Marquise Pouncey is on a five-year, forty-four million dollar. You're saying five years, seventy mil for Le'Veon Bell? They're paying Marquise Pouncey. They went five years, forty-four million for a center. 
one of the most interchangeable positions in the National Football League. They paid this dude five years, 44 mil, through his age 30 season. You're not going to pay Le'Veon Bell a Hall of Fame running back? Equivalent money? Are you serious? No, are you serious? Yeah, Pouncey can pave the way for James Conner and Jalen Samuels. Center is the most worthless position in the NFL. Plain and simple. It is the Uh, most worthless. Like, punters contribute more. Punters uh, are more valuable per person. Disagree. I, 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 I'm, ex- I'm going, but you're still wrong. The next up center can play as good as Marquise Pouncey. No, no, they can't. Marquise, no. Mar- Marquise Pouncey, he's, he's, he's still all, an O line, all pro all right. offensive line. You got, you guys, you get no. You guys continue to compare Le'Veon Bell to James Conner. Keep doing that. So okay. There is no, there, there no. Is no Connor's, comparison. Connor's not as good. I'm saying they He's can not still, close. He's not half the running. They, they still paid, win. They paid Marquise Pouncey $44 million, and uh, they won't pay Le'Veon double that at a very, way more valuable position, a way more like Hall of Fame-worthy numbers. I mean, we're talking about Marquise Pouncey running his – mouth in the locker room when he has a deal locked up through age 30 season. And Le'Veon Bell can't get a deal for three years that makes sense. They they offered him $70 million. How much does he think he's worth? Exactly. More than $70 million. So he's worth more at this point than half the quarterbacks in the league. Dude, it's a long-term commitment. Absolutely. Again, we're talking about Hall of Fame talent. It's a long-term commitment to a non-long-term position. And and you could also make the argument part of the reason Le'Veon Bell is so successful is because they have some good offensive linemen. They have a Marquise Pouncey paving the way. We've seen lesser running backs put up Lev Bell numbers behind great offensive No, players. you have never seen lesser yes, running backs put up 84 receptions in a, in a season and 1,200 yards on the ground. You're lying to yourself and the listeners right now on the air. It's horrible. I can't believe you're trying to egg me on. I'm not. I'm saying. not trying to nag you on it. This is my. I'm. I'm not. I really am not. This is my actual opinion. When he walked away from that money that would have made him the top paid running back by in ten the million league, dollars in the league, he, you're telling me he's worth ten million dollars more than Todd Gurley because he's being a diva. See a diva. There's the freaking door. We've got two young running backs we believe can get it done for us that cost us less than a million per season. You know how much they paid Kirk Cousins? 84 mil over three years. He's a Give, quarterback. He's not Hall of Fame even close to worthy. He's but, but he's a quarterback. Quarterbacks are ridiculously overpaid. That's a different conversation for a different time. Le'Veon, you pay talents. There, there, there are not 32 men walking the planet who can play quarterback in the NFL successfully. There's not two there's guys. Not, there's not three guys that can do what Le'Veon Bell does week in, week out. Yeah, I think there is. No, there's not. You're you're lying to yourself again. Kamara, Barkley, David Johnson. Gurley. Gurley. There's there's Zeke. plenty of guys. I mean, I, I would take those, those Keep guys. Keep coming. None of them have put up a year that Le'Veon Bell has. A career that Le'Veon Bell has. Hey, Le- Le'Veon Bell is great. I'm not arguing they that Le'Veon will. Bell is, isn't great. He's future. He is but he's, he future. is not $10 million worth more than Todd Gurley. Get your DeLorean, go to the future, and then tell me. Because you're talking about future. 
You're he, talking he, about the future. David Johnson stays on the field. He's going to do every bit of what Lev Bell done. Gurley stays on the field. He's going to do every bit of what Lev Bell done. Seppi Dickman here too. Kamara. Oh. If Kamara stays on the field and they commit to him, that's a big if. That's that's hypotheticals all day Zeke long. Zeke will do everything that that Le'Veon Bell does if he stays Possibly. I don't know about the reception part with Zeke. But. Yeah, but he's going to get more yards rushing significantly. He, Three years, $84 million to Kirk Cousins. I get it. He's a he, quarterback. Yeah, but man. That, that's based on the position. I do Brian think, Tannehill I, I think, got paid at one time. I, it, that's listen, sad. I, I mean, exactly. that's, a, that's a different story, though. Running backs are – it's just this is not a running back-driven league anymore. You don't pay running back that much. 70 okay. mil was generous. He put up 84 receptions. I mean, I think you, I feel like you hit stop on the recording earlier, and we're just talking to ourselves. But 84 no, receptions and 1,200 yards on the ground? I mean, you're talking about a 2,000-yard candidate year in, year out. 15 touchdowns, 84 receptions? We've seen 2,000-yard candidates. They never made $70 million. What, CJ2K? Did he make $70 million? Not even close. D- you're talking about a, like a three-hit wonder. We're, we're just saying. About, it's no. running backs. Running backs are never, never again going to be one of the highest paid players on their teams. It's just not going to happen. As time goes on, it's going to get worse. Wait, wait, wait. Until Le'Veon Bell signs a contract that he's worthy of in 2019? I don't think think it's going to happen. I'll be honest with you. I think that if the Steelers let him walk, he's going to be sorely disappointed with the next team that offers him a contract. I agree. And he's going to be a top two running back with Gurley. I mean, he's... he's, Depending on what team he goes to. If he goes to a, a team with a terrible offensive line, I don't think he's... No running back. I haven't no even, running let me back. Ask you, I haven't even escalated. I haven't even line. escalated this conversation. Like I, I truly believe Le'Veon Bell is one, the best running back the the NFL's ever seen from a do it all present. Who else are you going to throw with a do it all? Barry Sanders. Okay, let's go look at his yard. Did he? Did he ever catch? 84 receptions. I, I, I mean, do it all. But was the league... Pay the dude. Was the league wait, 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 a check-down passing league at that point? Well, well but, no, but look at the rushing yards, and Barry Sanders walked away from him. Hey, Arms, where did Barry Sanders play in his career? Oh, just Detroit. You know why? Because they paid him. No. <laughs> come on, dude. I mean, come on. Like, you pay your superior They didn't talent. pay him $70 million. It was never even close. Like, he, he wants more money than... Basically, everybody but quarterbacks. Pay him. Again, pay him. Pass on him. All right. Not not because he's not not he's talented. I get that. Duh. Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> yeah, he's Hall of Fame worthy. But today's league does not pay Have running fun. backs. It's a it's a quarterback and receiver league. Like right. that, that's who makes the money right not now. Not even receivers make that right. much money. It's O line, D line, and Didn't, quarterbacks. Steelers Nation, enjoy 2019 with a brand new quarterback. James Conner and Antonio Brown. Have fun with that. You're not going to win very many games. I the think, Browns are going to beat you twice a season. I think that's why they're not paying him. They know they're going to stack the box on Lev Bell because teams aren't going to come into 2019 afraid of Mason Rudolph. That's totally the Steelers' fault for not drafting a good quarterback. I'm not saying Mason Rudolph's not going to be a good quarterback. Nobody's going to be afraid of him I'm until just, he shows something. Have fun, Steelers Nation, with Mason Rudolph, James Conner. Enjoy that. That it, it, that is a hor- that's worse than Nathan Peterman and Lashawn McCoy. That's worse than Ryan Tannehill. That's worse than Ryan Tannehill and Kenyon Drake. That's worse than Mariota and whoever. Like that's horrible. Listen. What you're saying is a horrible recipe 
for Steelers Nation to succeed. What? You're saying Mason Rudolph into that. Let's let's project 2019. Mason Rudolph and James Conner is going to be your starting quarterback and wide receiver. And, and, will, and, and they, running they back. will cost less in their career than Le'Veon Bell once a year. Enjoy that. Have fun with Mason Rudolph and James Conner because you're not going to win any games with those two. I mean, plain and simple. Hey, Antonio Brown, your value's tanked. I love that you mentioned Peterman and Connor. Peterman and well, Sean both, McCoy. Give me them both. over Mason Rudolph and 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 James Connor. Where did Sean McCoy play college ball? Pittsburgh. Where did Nathan Peterman play college ball? Tennessee. Then Pittsburgh. Where did James Connor play college football? Pittsburgh. Jesus, stop! I me. love that you mentioned all these names. James Connor. I'm sorry, he's a Pittsburgh product. It's 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 just. It's happening. Okay, go it's and happening. go and pick up Philip Lindsay for the let, Denver let Broncos. Let, let me ask you a question. College football in Colorado. Not, I mean, let me let me ask you a question. Like, I'm just I'm just saying that. Let me ask you a question. Connor, you, Pittsburgh. If you if you have a 1,200 yard running back, do you have a bad running back? No. Okay. So do you mean to tell me you think an 1,800 yard back or let's say 2,000 combined yards versus a 1,500 combined yards is worth more than twice that value? I'm just saying you're not going to have to pay Ben Roethlisberger very much longer, and you should probably invest in a running game with a Hall of Fame caliber running back instead of Mason Rudolph and James Conner. It's disgusting. It's not even a valid point. Like I can't believe I'm arguing with you because I know I win. Like it's it's dumb. It's dumb to not pay Levy on what he wants. It's dumb. If, if Levy, if plain and simple, if, just look at next year. Look at 2019. I I hate to just look at it. You're projecting again to run this in the ground. James Conner and Mason Rudolph in your backfield. That's so. That's dumb. It's just ignorant. You're not gonna win three games with those two combining for. The terrible numbers. I think they we're going to find out somewhere along the line that Lev Bell and Chad Niddle have met and become great friends. Yeah, I feel like this too. I mean, Lev Bell has all the leverage. Heard, like, I have not heard Nit this passionate about. You know something. what he doesn't have? The money. Because they offered it to him, and no one else is going to offer him $70 million to play through what it's going to be his year 32 season because this year he's playing through his year 27 season. He's going to get a ton of money this year playing on the franchise tag, okay. and he'll sign a three-year $75 million contract. Nobody is paying. Some, nobody's paying. Nobody is worth $25 million a year, not even a quarterback in this league. Le'Veon Bell, who's going to pay him? Kirk Cousins just got three <laughs> yeah. years for $84 million. I can divide that. That's more than $25 million a year. I said worth. <laughs> All right. Worth. All right. Fair enough. All right. Nobody's worth that. Le'Veon Bell's not making $25 million a year. Man, he's going to look good Ooh. in a Jets uniform. Jesus uh, Christ. No, that- the Jets would have already paid somebody. They went out and got Isaiah Crowell because <laughs> they punted the position like every other team in the NFL is starting to do. All right, and, and I've said that the running game is coming back, and I think it is, but not the expensive running game. The cheap running game is coming back. They just keep finding guys in the third round. They find the Kareem Hunts of the world. Like Every team th- is confident enough in their scouting to find that guy to where they don't think Le'Veon Bell's worth that Woo! kind of money. What a way to end it. Enjoy it. Feel sorry for Nitt's wife tonight. He's not sleeping tonight. He's going to be on Twitter blasting us about being idiots. The trade Wookiee is back. <laughs>
Mason Rudolph and James Conner. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's a good backfield to have. I uh, hope you not. You would all seriously I'm, discredit any fantasy value you p- throw into the show. I'm saying James Conner, Roethlisberger, James Washington, Juju, Antonio Brown will be just fine. Ben's done next year. Uh, this year, this year, fine. That's what I'm you, talking about. You can this survive year. this year without Le'Veon Bell. You Absolutely. cannot survive the future. You you can't. Lev Bell can't turn your all of a sudden Mason Rudolph quarterback. You can't just mimic the offense you had with Ben Roethlisberger just because you got Lev Bell. You actually have to have Roethlisberger. Yeah, you, I've said it before. I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is more valuable to that offense than Le'Veon Bell is. <laughs> He's trying to egg me on now. No. Look at the, the D'Angelo Williams <laughs> numbers it. from a few years ago. We have to stop Once again, it. Ben's more, more valuable. Antonio Brown's more valuable to that offense than Le'Veon Bell is. They're actually not, but I was truly not trying to ag you on. I mean, I, like mm. the laughing. I was laughing because this is going to just sound wonderful tomorrow on my way to work. But <laughs> I, I was trying to ag you on. I, I def, if I'm a GM and I'm conscious about my money, I'm not giving Le'Veon Bell that money. Yeah, I mean, I, I will confidently be like, "Listen, Le'Veon, come here. We need to talk. I'm going to give you a great contract. Here's five years, fifty million dollars." And he's going to be like, "But, but." Oh wait, that is the best offer I've had since I left the Steelers. Three years, seventy-five million dollars next year, easy. And the Niddle Bank, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> thanks for listening to this elongated. If you extrapolate our numbers to this episode, <laughs> we went way too long. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys. Thanks. Mark's out. Good night. Oh. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.